All right, welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of December 23rd, as always, from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. And tonight, I am so pissed. And I hope my voice doesn't uh, sound annoyingly raspy and nasal, or let me rephrase that. I hope my voice does not sound more annoyingly raspy and nasal than usual, because um, I am ill. I have got symptoms for three days now. Not sure if it's COVID. I was going to get uh, yesterday, Tuesday the 21st, I was going to get uh, my booster shot. But... um, the day before that, I started coming down with symptoms. And they say you're not supposed to get your booster shot if you're actually suffering from COVID. So uh, I went to the clinic where I was going to get my booster. And I said, maybe I should get tested instead of getting the booster. And they said, we don't do tests here. So uh, I got on my bike and I went down to a governor hospital on Madison Street, where I know they do testing because I got tested there back in October. And when I got tested in uh, there in October, I was in and out in 15 minutes. It was all easy, and the test came back negative. This time, I went down there, watch, just two months later, and there was a line around the block. I would have been waiting online for over an hour. I said, nope, not going for it. So a friend of mine offered to give me one of those, uh, you know, home testing kits, which uh, failed to work. I got invalid results. You're supposed to drop exactly six drops of their mysterious fluid into the device. But the fluid doesn't come out in drops. It comes out in bubbles that would cling to the tip of the nozzle and then finally pop. So there was no way to get discrete drops into the, uh, into the device where you put the swab. So invalid results. So, you know, I'm faced with the dilemma of whether I should go back down to... Uh, to go over in our hospital tomorrow and wait in line for an hour in the cold or find some other place to get tested, get a proper test, or if I should just uh, isolate for the full 14 days and hope that it doesn't get any worse. Absolutely maddening. And a big shout out to my friends who have offered to help me out by bringing me groceries and stuff like that. Really appreciate you guys. But I am seething with rage at everyone, unfortunately, also including some of my friends, who goes around maskless and refuses the vax. I blame every one of you who is refusing to mask and refusing to vax for this situation. Now, we probably are, unfortunately, at this point, going to have to be dealing with COVID for the rest of our lives, and likely for many generations to come, because we, speaking rather sweepingly as the human race, have squandered every opportunity to keep it from getting to this point. But that same denialism that led to the squandering of those opportunities continues to make the hole deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper every day. Now, this all, just to reiterate briefly, would have been so avoidable if world leaders and much of the world's populace, especially in the U.S. and Europe, had put public health the greater good ahead of their own narrow self-interest, way back in late 2019, early 2020. Most obviously, going back to the very beginning, if Xi Jinping had just barred flights in and out of Wuhan back in late 2019, early 2020, 
and not resort to you know the ultra draconian kind of a shutdown that that he that he later imposed, but merely shut down the air traffic in and out of the city. And notoriously, he finally moved to do so days before Lunar New Year, when thousands of people had already flown in and out of Wuhan for the holiday and spread the virus across China, Asia, and the world. And the reason he didn't do that is because he thought it would hurt China's economy and therefore his own power. And then in the months after that, we had Donald Trump similarly failing to act because he thought that acknowledging the crisis would hurt the U.S. economy and therefore his own power, compounded by the anti-science denialism that has characterized his movement and characterized his term in office. One of the first things that he did when he came to power is he disbanded the National Security Council Global Health Unit, which had been established by Obama precisely in anticipation of a contingency such as a global pandemic. Total denialism about the threat. So, you know, the U.S. was wrong-footed right from the very start. And now, all of his followers and minions, and those in the outer orbit of his hardcore following, with varying degrees of self-awareness about their role, are refusing to mask and refusing to vax, allowing the virus to spread and to mutate. Now, yeah, Trump launched Operation Warp Speed when it became absolutely politically necessary to do so, when the crisis was at its worst in late April of 2020. But he was also, even after that, continuing to exploit and to fuel and to politically weaponize the anti-mask and anti-vaccine crap, which actually, you know, became uh, these completely anti-science, irrational positions dangerously socially irresponsible positions, became points of pride as exponents of Trump's brand of proud, ugly Americanism. And this duplicitous game that he was playing was exemplified by, uh, you know, that famous moment in um, October of 2020 when, uh, you know, he had just um, been released from the hospital after being diagnosed with COVID and turned around and faced the cameras and removed his face mask while standing on the White House balcony. A clear, barely-veiled ritual of political signifying to his followers, you know, very much in the same vein of Juan Perón, tossing his jacket aside and rolling up his sleeves during his speeches as, as a symbol of being, you know, standing with the common man, which is why even just a couple of days ago, Trump was booed by his own supporters at a rally somewhere when he stated that he'd been vaxxed. Fox News, which is virtual state media, or was when Trump was, was in power, was virtual state media, virtual because it's technically in private hands, but obviously completely embedded in the, in the Trump agenda, has become a major platform for anti-vax and anti-mask disinformation. Facebook earlier this year removed a video posted by Trump's campaign because it violated the social network's policy banning false claims about the coronavirus. So all of you anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers, don't bait me and my fellow conscientious mask wearers as brainwashed by propaganda and blindly following authorities. It is you, ugly Americans, who are brainwashed by propaganda and are blindly following authorities, but much worse authorities, openly fascistic authorities, And do not assume 
that because we choose to, uh, you know, behave in a socially responsible manner and in a moment of crisis, that we're just, you know, blindly obeying the dictates of authority. I want to point out uh, that one of the neighborhoods here in New York City that was least affected by the COVID-19 crisis last year, when the whole city was shut down for months and the hospitals were overwhelmed, one of the neighborhoods that was least impacted was Chinatown, Manhattan Chinatown, despite the fact that it probably has the highest population density in New York City. And why is that? Because mask wearing was already a part of Asian culture. In Asia, it's just considered polite and socially conscious that if you're ill and and, and at risk of infecting other people, you stay home. And if you have to go out, you put on a mask. I mean, even long before COVID-19 emerged, you would occasionally see people in Chinatown going around with surgical masks on because they had a cold or they had the flu. So Chinatown started masking up immediately. In late 2019, Chinatown started masking up. In December of 2019, two years ago, Chinatown started masking up. And that was long before any diktats were coming down from the authorities. They weren't doing it because they were ordered to. They were doing it because they correctly perceived that it was the socially responsible thing to do. And they haven't been indoctrinated in the ugly Americanism with its toxic cult of individualism as white society has in this country. All right, now, not everybody who is on this anti-mask and anti-vax bandwagon is, you know, consciously a part of the radical right or the alt-right or the Trumpian right or whatever subgroup of the far right you want to name. But it is certainly the far right which is in the vanguard of this whole monstrously socially irresponsible movement, if you can even flatter it by calling it a movement. I suppose... It probably is at this point. Yeah, of course it's a movement. What am I thinking? So uh, I want to remind you of that little episode in October of 2020 when the FBI arrested 13 men suspected of orchestrating a domestic terror plot to um, kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. And they were later found to uh, be tied to a uh, paramilitary militia group calling themselves the Wolverine Watchmen. Well, this uh, episode, which was, of course, linked to the whole anti-mask protest that were and anti-lockdown protest, which which were then shaking Michigan against Whitmer and her and her administration, animated by the Trumpian right. This whole episode just had a little reprise in Germany, reading from uh, the Guardian of December fifteenth. German police have carried out armed raids on several locations in the eastern state of Saxony, in connection with a plot by anti-vaccination activists, now that is definitely all too flattering a word, to murder the state's prime minister, Michael Kretschmer. Yeah, activists don't typically murder. Let's call them anti-vaccination militants or anti-vaccination extremists. Thank you. The search is at five addresses in the city of Dresden and one in the nearby town of Heidenau targeted members of a group on the messaging service Telegram, where plans for the killing were discussed in connection with the state government's coronavirus curbs, police said. Now, I should emphasize 
that movements should not be judged by their most extremist exponents. But there is a clear continuity here, a clear through line from, you know, this armed radical right underground and the more mainstream elements of the movement. I mean, if you'll recall, of course, you know, these uh, militia types in uh, Michigan actually brought their rifles into the state house in one of their protests in Lansing. And I just want to uh, once again remind listeners of this little piece that I wrote up September 2nd, 2020. RFK Jr. joins neo-Nazis in Berlin protest. All right, now this is RFK Jr., who is supposed to be, you know, the um, respectable face of this movement. Hundreds of far-right protesters broke through police barriers and tried to force their way into the German parliament building in Berlin on August 29th, 2020. Many were waving the black, white, and red flag of the pre-1918 German Empire that once inspired the Nazis. Quote, the fact that Nazis with imperial war flags tried to storm the Bundestag recalls the darkest period in German history, said Robert Habeck, co-leader of Germany's Greens Party. The action came as part of a broader demonstration against Germany's pandemic restrictions. The protest, bringing out many so-called corona truthers who deny the pandemic altogether, was organized by right-wing parties, including the anti-immigrant Alternative for Deutschland, AFD, and the deceptively named National Democratic Party, NPD, which is openly neo-Nazi. Some carried signs reading, Trump, please help, and proffered conspiracy theories about Bill Gates seeking forced vaccinations. There were also many images of hearts, flowers, globes, and other such feel-good symbols. Among the speakers was Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who ironically Nazi-baited German Chancellor Angela Merkel, saying, quote, Today Berlin is once again at the front against totalitarianism. End quote. Okay, one of my main sources for this write-up was a, uh, a piece on Daily Kass' website, and there was a little sequel. I added an update a couple of days later. RFK Jr. demands retraction on Berlin rally. RFK Jr.'s anti-vax platform, Children's Health Defense, runs a piece saying he demands retraction, quote-unquote, from Daily Kass on the claim that he joined with neo-Nazis at the Berlin protest on August 29th. The piece reproduces a letter from his attorney to Daily Kass, asserting that the rally was actually organized by a coalition called Querdenken 7-Eleven, a, quote, broad-based peaceful citizens movement for freedom, peace, and human rights, end quote. It asserts that there was, quote, a complete absence of extremist influence, end quote, at the protest. And there was, quote, no evidence of Nazi iconography anywhere near the protest, end quote. It also emphasizes that, quote, Mr. Kennedy's speech was a screed against Nazism, with against in italics. It threatened legal action if the article was not removed. This is all sheer dishonesty. There may have been no explicitly Nazi iconography, 
but this is phrased to exclude the German imperial flag, which is technically pre-Nazi, but was taken up as a symbol by the early Nazis. Display of actual Nazi iconography is illegal in Germany, so Nazi nostalgists have long resorted to the imperial flag as a surrogate symbol. Yeah, Kennedy railed against Nazism to accuse Germany's current democratic leadership of Nazi-like totalitarianism, quote-unquote, in Orwellian manner. And as for this queer Denkin 7-Eleven, a look at the organization by uh, Daily Beast reveals that it was tweeting support for Trump and for Putin as their saviors against Angela Merkel. And the German news service Deutsche Welle quoted uh, Green's parliamentarian, Konstantin von Matz, saying, quote, Participants in a demonstration that the AFD, alternative for Deutschland, and NPD, neo-Nazi National Democratic Party, also helped mobilize, tried to storm the Reichstag. Okay, and the evidence is clear that uh, this demand for a retraction was just empty bullying because Daily Kost did not remove the story. It's still up on their website. And I haven't heard that RFK Jr. launched any legal action. So that was just a bluff. He knows he doesn't have a leg to stand on because the reportage was accurate. And furthermore, you know, there were websites such as my own, Counter Vortex, which picked up that story. Never heard from uh, RFK Jr.'s attorney. And the ideological through line between RFK Jr.'s children's health defense and the NPD and the alternative for Deutschland and the Wolverine Watchmen and these extremoids who organized this plot in Dresden is that the politics of the anti-vaxxers is actually redolent of Operation T4. And if you don't know what that is, you should. Hitler's so-called euthanasia program launched in 1940, in which, in his phrase, useless eaters, that is to say the disabled, were exterminated. The first step toward the final solution. And this is what I mean when I talk about paradoxical fascist pseudo-anti-fascism. All of these anti-vax fools you know, employ this superficial anti-fash rhetoric about standing up to the man while they enable the Trumpian right and embrace science denialism and Hitlerian notions of letting the useless eaters, that is to say, the elderly, the immune-compromised, die in their hundreds of thousands. So all of you braggarts who are spouting off about how your robust immune systems and your vegan diets make you impervious to COVID. What I hear is victim-blaming fascist bullshit. And I mean genuinely fascist, not in any hyperbole sense, but in a very real sense about how the elderly, the immune-compromised, and those suffering from comorbidities are unworthy of life. The anti-vax bullshit is fascist. Don't buy their bogus anti-fash posturing. They are the latest iteration of the militant radical right and must be forthrightly opposed. Not only are they threatening public health on a global scale, 
during the worst pandemic the world has seen in over a century, but they are enabling the rise of far-right authoritarianism that we now witness all over the world, from Michigan to Moscow. This has been Bill Weinberg with the Counter Vortex. I'll be back next week, I hope, with an update on my health situation and further ranting on this topic. Meanwhile, I'm continuing to uh, update the website with one blog post every day. My illness has not interfered with my ability to work thus far, thank goodness. So please do check us out online at countervortex.org, where, as always, everything I say is rigorously documented. No empty claims from Bill Weinberg or the Counter Vortex. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash countervortex. Join the Counter Vortex. Join the resistance. And if I'm still here, knock on wood, rant on you next time.